Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Winter must be coming because I'm ready to break the ice. Mm, I like it. Mm. I'm no scholar, but Kyle and Rinna sure make me look like one. <laughs> wow, that's among the shadiest Thank you. taglines Thank you. that we have had the pleasure of hearing in a minute you know what i should have included you i should have been like we are no scholars but because you know we both like to read and we like the english language and other people do not like to read no i love i mean reading comes in all forms and it is an individual journey the tagline you know life should be lived with people but a tagline is a spiritual journey it is an individual Mm. partakes yes yes you know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, I'm so excited for the spiritual journey that we're about to dive into. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 253. And I am Whoop. being joined, have been joined, am joined by, joining is taking place, <laughs> by one of my absolute favorite people on the interwebs and certainly one of my favorite content creators and accounts you know, she likes to say if Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby, it would be her voice on IG. And I have no choice but to agree. Welcome back to Andy's Girls Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure as always. Oh, my God. I have been I just have wanted to talk to you for a minute. And I just there's so much going on. We're also recording this 
late Monday night mm-hmm. and so much has happened in the Bravo sphere. I actually started to feel a bit sick. Like stuff was breaking, posted so much on IG and then I was like, wait, another thing and then another. It's been a weird day. It's been a wild yeah. day. What has your experience been with all of this breaking news? I mean, we talked earlier and mm-hmm. we decided to do the podcast later on in the day so that I could catch up because I didn't watch the two shows last night. And I gotta mm-hmm. just, I just gotta, you know, stop for a minute and say, I mm-hmm. really wish Bravo wouldn't do the back to back, wouldn't do Hate two it. shows that are both so good back to back because it already overwhelms me going in, and I'm like, I can't, like that level of energy, you know. So I really mm-hmm. wish that they would separate them. And I know we mentioned this to each other, but I don't think it does either show a, a, a you know, a service to have them back to back like that. Like, give them their own nights. They're worthy and deserving of their own nights. I don't like that. Um, but secondly, we've lived a whole life since we last spoke mere hours ago. <laughs> and a lot has happened in the world. Uh, Cynthia Bailey announced that she's Cynthia stepping Bailey. away. Yeah. May her memory be a blessing. Cynthia yes. Bailey no longer saying she's made the decision to leave Housewives. And, you know, I think people actually had a little bit of a shady coverage where it was like top 20 housewives who've told us they've chosen to leave okay let's just let's just you know Cynthia Mm -hmm. gave us over 10 seasons let's let her say that she's chosen to we all know how the sausage is made but let's you know she's choosing she's made a choice and we're gonna we're gonna stick to that right let her guide the narrative we all know and it was people saying it too i was like oh shit like people's not fucking around i'm kind of here for it um (laughs) what are your thoughts on cynthia's departure i mean i'm i was actually happy to see it now let's let me you know, qualify that by saying I'm a long time Atlanta fan. I've been watching mm. Atlanta from the jump. I love them. I love all those ladies. Cynthia has had an amazing run. I do think it was time. I think it was amazing to bookend her journey with a wedding and a wedding. And she goes off to live her life. She could always come back, you know, but I think mm-hmm. to be a full-time cast member, I'm not sure where her story was going to go. You know, Mike is on the the West coast. They were there a lot, I think, during the pandy. She she rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, wanting to still have that large, large wedding. Mm. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it was it's a good moment for someone new to rotate in. Yeah, it's one of those things where with strong I totally agree. And I also think there are certain strong betas whose presence is key in the Mm. sense that the beta role needs to be filled and fulfilled. Like Mm. we need people in the cast who are reacting to things, connecting to things, speaking from a, a, a place of like balanced perspective. And I think that Cynthia was one of those people. And she obviously had her moments like, you know, Peter in and of himself was a wild fucking ride. I mean, she revealed an awful lot. She's been very vulnerable with us as has her family. And so that she needs to get, you know, proper credit for that. And it's one of those things where I think she was there for over a decade. I do think that Cynthia will be back in some form. I I think think she has a great relationship with the network. Yeah. And yeah, what I like to see though, is when they leave and you know that it's, that it's a, a positive thing. Yes. You hope that it's a positive thing. No one's 
you know, uh, burning bridges and she could always mm-hmm. come back. And Cynthia's just got that positive energy about her. I hope that's the way it will mm-hmm. be. I love Noelle. I hope we see Noelle again. Like I want all of that for them, but to be a full-time cast member, I'm just saying like, I, I feel like there's other people we could meet. I hope we'll see that will be just as, as amazing as, as Miss Bailey was. I mean, and as an Atlanta OG, what are your thoughts on the, the rumors that Portia is not returning? I don't know what to think about that. I was mm-hmm. already, I was concerned from the moment we learned that she was with this new guy. Okay. Yeah. Because if he has that kind of cash, which I still can't wrap my mind around, mm-hmm. why would she come back? I mean, I hope that she's always enjoyed it and had a good time and that it was something that she liked to do, but she's a hustler. She had the radio show selling sheets. Like what hasn't, you know, Portia done. So maybe she wants to take a beat and be like, I just want to be a wealthy lady for a few years and not have to hustle. So that's, um, we'll see how that goes. I hope that they're very, very happy together, but, uh, I don't, I still don't get that. I don't know that I'll ever get that or any of us (laughs) know will understand that relationship, but I hope that she's, uh, hope that she's happy not being on the show. That's what she wants, but I will miss her. She is an absolute delight. Just mm. everything she says, like she's she's one of those people that I feel like the, the viewers connect with. Like she's living their experience, the reactions she has and and everything. So um, I will miss her for sure. I it's an odd it's an odd moment for casting with Atlanta because the idea to me of Portia leaving is huge and I think it's just a huge loss I think she is a shining star for Bravo talk about growth talk about um just vulnerability too and and all of her work in and outside of the network has been incredible Mm -hmm. and also it's like slightly bittersweet because Marlo allegedly is finally getting another fucking peach and I would love to see Marlo with like the MVPs. I, I want to see her represented with the Titans of Atlanta. It's it's kind of sad to me a little bit. It feels like a chapter is closing, even if it's temporary. It feels like I, a chapter is closing. Yeah, I mean, and again with Portia, she's got to come back. Like she's going to be back mm-hmm. on Bravo. She's still doing the chat room, which I can't believe. Like I don't know where that plays and who's watching that, but she's still doing that. So <laughs> I mean, to Who do that, watching that the also, chat room. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. You know, I couldn't tell you. God bless. But, um, you know, to me, I would rather her be on Housewives. I'm sure chat room is like a lighter lift uh, Mm -hmm. and maybe more enjoyable for her, more like the radio show. But um, I hope we see her again. It really is sad. And I don't like to think about it. I hope that's just a rumor she's done. But we'll see. It feels incredibly possible i mean that's the whole thing yeah this the simon michigan my fear from day one was that he was going to become the provider yeah which is the worst kind of full circle moment to like her first marriage marriage that we saw and She's such a different person. She has every right to be with a very wealthy man who she fell in love with and mm-hmm. can take care of her as she can take care of herself. She's yes. in a different position now than she was then. I just feel like I just I don't know that it I don't know. I don't know that it's an even partnership. And but that's also know. my idea of what relationships are like. And that's not necessarily the kind of relationship that she's interested in. And I'm also putting my own spin on it I, have I no know idea. it's so true and it's like even when she was with you know the hot dog guy 
she <laughs> she said mm-hmm. like she wanted to marry super wealthy and she wanted to be taken care of. I mean, she hasn't made a secret of that. So if she has found that and has found a person who wants to spoil her and she wants for mm-hmm. nothing and she doesn't have to work anymore, great. If that's what she's been looking for. But I I do like you, you know, hearken back to her first relationship when we first met her. She was very, very different in a million ways. And she really showed us who she could be. Um, mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And so I hate to lose that, but at least now we know she can always come back to this. If something happens, if it doesn't work out, if she gets bored later on and says, you know what, I, I'm tired of doing this and I miss it. You can always come back is my hope. Um, and I think that people would be excited to have her back. And the reality is we're stepping into a new chapter in the housewives world with these spinoffs. Yeah. So Cynthia, we will, she's leaving Atlanta, but we will see her on the all-star spinoff. And then the backup team is doing their own fucking thing. So there are ways for Portia to still be a part of the Bravo world. And if she wants to take a little break from housewives, maybe she'll do another spinoff show. Maybe we'll get to see her interact with some like a list ballers from other cities, you know, at their next beach vacay. Wouldn't that be great? Totally. I mean, the next house that Mauricio needs to sell in whatever location, they just pull random housewives together. Mm. Like who's available and And they go work and make a quick check. Yeah. Kind of nice. I win-win-win. It's a complete win. Although, (laughs) you know, a lot of news breaking today, breaking, you know, this week. There was a a piece in page six (sighs) that I want to get your (laughs) thoughts (laughs) which is that sources, so somebody in production leaked, aka was told to contact page six mm-hmm. and said that, you know, the big magical moment of the upcoming spinoff at Dorinda's um Bluestone Manor is when Vicky loses her mind and screams at people that everyone that gets the vaccine is going to die. Mm. And there was some sort of absolutely wild quote. Let me pull it up because I actually or maybe not because I read it and was like this is the craziest thing that I um have ever seen uh oh P.S. Vicky has denied uh that she said that she said um in an updated statement to page six she said my observation with Dorinda because that's who the fight was with was specifically about a man I know who didn't have a history who didn't have a history of blood clots and passed away from a pulmonary embolism um, and she says that she's not anti-vaxxing, oh, which is a fascinating journey. Um, the entire purpose of the original piece before it was updated with her statement was to say that she was absolutely screaming at yeah. everyone, specifically Dorinda, in saying that um, everyone who gets the max is going to die, and uh, which is a wonderfully dangerous and incredibly uh, harmful um, uh, spin uh, mm-hmm. for someone who says she's not anti-vax and then there was a statement from a source related to production who was like it's gonna be quite a wonderful season the drama's oh, gonna God. be everything oh, as a response to what happened I'm curious for your thoughts on Vicky's now denial and your thoughts are reading the original piece so so dark I go to such a dark place with things like mm. this when serious serious matters 
are you know thrown up as like fodder silly fodder silly goose Mm -hmm. for you know for bravo ratings and this is the kind of stuff where i really wish somebody from bravo would step up be a grown-up and be like hey that's really serious subject matter let's clarify this for a minute because we know that you know hundreds of thousands of people have died in America because of this. So we don't want to be glib about this and we don't want to use this for ratings. It was a serious discussion and here's, you know, the gist. They will not, of course, do that. I don't know if there's any grown-ups in the room over there, but um, what I, I, I'm bothered by so many things. First of all, Vicky, if she did say that, we are all going to die. So that part's accurate. It's how you're going to die. Eventually, eventually, yeah. mm-hmm. eventually. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. How, right? So allegedly. Can, yeah. Again, allegedly. I can't allegedly. I can't live forever. But, um, you could, yeah. and you very well could. Um, Thank you. So it, it bothers me a lot if, if anybody who actually worked on the show truly came forward and was like, it's going to be a, a hot moment. It's like, mm, check yourself honestly nobody first of all i cannot tell you a storyline that i would prefer to watch less than that i'm watching a scammer on one another scammer on another show and it's like we're you know writing down details and we're doing our research and that's already taxing enough and then new york hit us left and right with ramona's ignorance and then you're going to send me to the bluestone manor and I'm going to have to watch two ladies, one of whom is probably riding high thinking that her beau is going to be the governor of California. And so she's spouting off madness. And I'm going to have to watch two people fight about vaccines. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because it's so ridiculous and so nonsensical and insulting. Um, it, it puts such a bad taste in my mouth. It really honestly it made me not want to watch whatever this, you know, Franken Franken show is going to be. Mm-hmm. How do you maneuver and move through the world of being uh, such an important voice in the Bravo community, but doing so while attempting to process some of this stuff, which is sometimes dangerous content or just incredibly upsetting stuff that's process through the lens of entertainment and storyline first of all thank you i don't consider myself an important voice oh you know i'm obsessed with you i'm upset you guys Um, all need to follow bravo bravo talking bravo if you i mean what what i would say though is i i am very hopeful when people like yourself and other accounts join together and we tell bravo when we think they're full of crap when they're doing something dangerous when they're doing something harmful when they're co-signing behavior that is beyond like silly reality fodder. Cause right, like, look, I work a full-time job. I've got small kids. I turn on the TV and I want to cleanse my mind. I want to watch people joke and laugh and throw shade at each other. I am not tuning in to watch two people fight over vaccines and spread misinformation. I do not want to see that one person, really the other person, I'm sure Dorinda is very normal and is going to, you know, uh, fight that. But that to me is not fun. It's not entertainment at all whatsoever. And it's not something that I want anybody from Bravo telling me is going to be such a good time. Like check yourself. That is not as good time. That is horrible and horrifying. And you guys have plenty of time to edit that crap and either edit Vicky completely out and get her out of the show or pull that storyline from my eyeballs, please. Don't let me ever see that. So 
I get mad and I do like it when people speak out about this. Like I put up a couple of stories and I tagged Bravo. I don't know if they mm-hmm. pay attention to that. I think that they do. They do. Um, they do. You know, but that's what I hope. I hope that they listen to the viewers and they say, uh oh, we thought maybe they would like that, but they don't like that. Maybe let's not focus on that. And that to me is why we're not having a New York reunion because they couldn't sacrifice Ramona before the All Stars right? That was not going to go well. So I think in some ways they do listen to viewers. They just don't respond the way that a normal person would respond. They just always sort of try to like move things under the shells and like hide behind the curtain. Like, Oh, we didn't like that. Let's move that over here. And by the way, you can love Bravo and still criticize them. Like that's the beauty of it, you know? So that's disappointing to me. It's interesting something that you said that just got me thinking because you said they wouldn't respond like a normal per they didn't respond like a normal person would. And there is the ability for some of us, many of us, when we think about Bravo, to almost assign a personhood to the network when mm-hmm. it is a TV network that has a different you know, uh, pop possibly feels responsible to like the higher ups at time warner or whoever the fuck owns them you know their responsibility might not be in holding themselves accountable unless they feel like there's a real financial uh risk involved if they don't but it it just might be that their interest in um protection if we want to even get into that area is not necessarily in guiding toward accurate information um Although there's a difference between that and like monetizing uh, incredibly dangerous um, propaganda. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, they might be thinking to themselves, this is at the end of the day, Housewives is an incredibly uh, profitable enterprise for them and property. And can one make the argument that they are doing what they feel is in their best interest and that's all that they have to be responsible for maybe but here's where i get confused by them tell me i'm befuddled when like they came out pretty hard when uh kenya wore what she considered in her mind a costume um of a warrior princess and it was you know indigenous people native american type outfit and ran around in it and they came out pretty quickly and said we don't condone that you know we're editing that out blah 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 they edited out uh Catherine walking around her plantation on southern charm previous southern mm. charm episodes you can't find that anymore and yet something where it's still an active pandemic going on is advertised to us as this is going to be like you know an amazing thing to watch this being argued over so when I say like they don't respond like a normal person, I kind of do think of it as like there's people in a room that have these conversations mm-hmm. yep, somewhere. Yeah, there are people. Yeah, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the choices that they make, I don't always understand. And I don't know what they're based on. And I don't know if it's just all like risk and does this, you know, are we going to get blowback? What's the amount of blowback and what's the tipping point to where we actually do something? Um I'm not sure. That's why it's weird to me because they come out hard sometimes and they're completely silent other times. The sort of follow-up question that I have, because I'm just like this, I'm my brain is doing a little bit of a dance right now as we're, as we're talking is just in thinking of some of what we saw on this week's Salt Lake and Potomac in my head right now, I'm thinking specifically about Salt Lake and 
the idea that there are complicated I don't want to use problematic because it's actually not the right use of the the phrase um as defined in my like lady brain but (laughs) there's the idea of like complicated kind of fucked up moments or scenes conversations between people where it feels both very real and very wrong Mm. when it comes to interpersonal dynamics but it also feels very appropriate to housewives when we're having a conversation about human behavior i'm thinking specifically of the scene with jenny and her husband where oh, yeah. we learn that Jenny has had eight or nine miscarriages, three C-sections, has been told repeatedly by her doctors and medical team that it is absolutely dangerous for her to consider carrying another child. And we watch her husband himself, a chiropractor, who one would think understands what is being told to him and her and them together refusing to acknowledge the harm that could come to his wife if he gets his way and she attempts uh, uh, to carry a pregnancy again. And I think to myself, this is such an interesting examination of human behavior. It's obviously I felt obvious. I mean, quite literally I just I felt terribly for Jenny in that moment whose body was not being protected by her partner yeah who was making a choice not to protect her body because of his own interests and I just think about like the I know this is an odd comparison but we watch complicated people say complicated things on these shows we watch and examine the ways that they behave or for lack of a better term misbehave say and do things that we want to understand and unpack while we like vehemently disagree and what is the difference between those kinds of conversations that are uncomfortable that feel off but also very real and someone like Vicky coming on the show who represents a huge part of the Bravo audience and our country saying problematic things, not to in any way compare it to the very real and very complicated dynamics happening with Jenny and her husband, but just to say if Housewives is an examination of human behavior and very complicated, sometimes unfortunate, raw, shocking behavior, is it out of the world to have Vicky represent a view that we feel strongly as dangerous, but a view that many people share. Um, so for me, the issue is that a lot of people have died because yeah. of misinformation. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That and, and the pandemic is is, you know, ongoing. And so it's very different to me then and and I this was really by the way I just want to stop for a minute and say when I watched Jenny's husband say that I had to stop and I had a flood of thoughts in my mind because I thought how is this man saying this he's mic'd he's on camera his wife's response didn't shake him at all and what I hope it is what I hope it is is that he's not a monster looking at his young wife saying, I want you to have, I want you to do this again to your body. 
that maybe this is a conversation that they had one time and it's her first season on a reality show. And so they talk to each other like, hey, you know what we should do? We should on camera talk about this thing that you and I have talked about previously because it's a point of contention and we've worked through it. But I feel like, you know, it's it's good for people to understand this journey. I'm hoping that it's almost contrived and planned because I can't fathom a world where this man would say this to his wife, mic'd up and be earnest in his desire for her to do that to her body again. That's where I'm at. Like, that's how wild that is to me. Um, because I myself have had a very difficult birth and an emergency mm -hmm. C-section. And after that happened, I was like, I'm effing done. I am done, done, done. Like that was the, that was the end note for me on that journey. So for her to have had three and that many miscarriages, and he says that to her, I, I, about lost it honestly I that's so above and beyond um I just can't even I, I can't understand it and he's he really I think made himself look horrible to all you know any of the moms out there that are watching who have had any kind of complication with their pregnancy I, I'm I'm blown away by it to be honest with you so they're different um because I think one, you know, of course, the, the pandemic is a whole nother realm. It's a whole nother thing. And then women's bodies and him trying to, to tell her that he wants another child. And I'm yelling at the TV, like, adopt if you want another child that bad. Like, why would you even try to push that on your wife? So that's where I, that's where I see it. And then when it comes to the Vicky side of things, it's just this is a matter of public safety and health. Yeah. I mean, honestly, look at anybody who, who reshared that story this week it got pulled. I got a notice from Instagram saying a story you liked was pulled from misinformation about COVID-19. And I'm like, why are you trying to shame me? Vicky said it. I like the person trying to, you know, shine light on it. Mm -hmm. So the irony there of them wiping that from the internet, when the intent was not to misinform, the intent was to share that someone is spreading misinformation. So that's how dangerous it was that IG pulls it down. And yet, and yet, Bravo is like excited for, for that conflict. That's, that's wild. So um, I think it's dangerous. If something is dangerous to public health, totally different realm. Mm -hmm. And shifting back to, you know, Jenny and her husband, um, Dr. Chiropractor, I forget his first name. Uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, I know him matter. as much as I want to know him now. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Um, and it's yeah, such an interesting shift in gender dynamics when even when you talk about celebrities, so often they're referenced on social as like the wife of yep. so and so. It's the whole thing with George and Amal Clooney. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a nice little role reversal on Housewives when it's like, whatever his fucking name I is, don't care. he's not the guy that I'm tuning <laughs> for. I'm here for his wife. But there is a very interesting fucked up way to think about that conversation. It could be that they were having it because it was a conversation to have on camera, an introduction to their relationship and also mm -hmm. something that they may still be trying to navigate. It is also possible that all of what I just said was true. And also this guy is thinking to himself, I can apply pressure because mm. there's a camera crew here. I am mic'd, so this is actually going to help my argument because now I have witnesses and now this is going to be a part of our dynamic. It's like the most fucked up 
upside down version of a Cynthia Bailey friendship contract of like, I want everyone to know that this is what I require. Mm -hmm. And that is the conversation that you need to meet me where I am. And that is how we find a balance by you agreeing to put yourself in absolute potential harm's way, God forbid, Mm -hmm. because I want the result that I want. And for some reason, surrogacy is not available. I don't even know. That's the thing. They seem loaded, right? Like there are other options for you. Like your, if your wife's life is at stake and, or the child, what are you talking about, sir? Like there are things worse than death. Like this, I can't imagine a greater tragedy than putting yourself in harm's way like that and a child. So yeah, I, for me, like that was really, really difficult to watch and, and understand why he would even be motivated in that direction for her. And she's very nice. She's much nicer than I am to have that, to have that conversation one on camera and not just completely pop off. So um, we'll see where it goes. If, if indeed, like you're saying, like it was for him to, to try to apply more pressure, then maybe we'll see Jenny dating next year. Um, <laughs> I would be down for that. She said he wasn't Millionaire that hot. Matchmaker. He's like, yeah, my husband was Butter nice face. to me. Yeah, and he had money, but he wasn't. I'm like, maybe your next one will be really hot, and I, I'm down for that. So um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I it's like didn't wasn't that a big part of Clueless too, where it was like. There was the language of, what was it? Like a Picasso, if you had like a Picasso Yeah, like a face. Monet. It was a Monet. Of course, it's it just a, a mess. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't know. It, it was <laughs> such an interesting left turn because he seemed, I mean, but this is the joy of housewives. You really You never can't. know what you're going to get. You can't judge a husband. Yeah. Nope. Like next I, week's Potomac. Nope. Like the, you know, Mia's husband next week is going to be showing his ass I guess being a being a a fool on tv we'll see I don't know a drunk mess yeah I am so excited for it yeah let's hope he's drunk yeah let's hope he's drunk oh my god I I sincerely I mean there was a moment where he's like bending over Uh and the camera goes to Eddie who is like where the fuck am I? But he's delighted by it. I would have had the same exact expression on my face, which is like, this is wonderful. I'd be right in heaven. Now. I think I don't know if I've told this story before, but I met one real housewife once in my life, Nene Leaks, oh. and she was so inebriated um <gasps> that I did not take a picture with her because I felt like it was like, oh, she can't even open her eyes. She's so like that would be rude. Oh, um no. but I loved it. She was just talking smack about housewives and it was like a warm blanket out of the dryer just wrapped around my body. It was when was this? Where was Years it? Years ago. This was in, I don't know, maybe like 2015 in Atlanta. Wow. I was staying at the Ritz for a business thing. Oh, okay. And All she right. was drinking at the bar. Somebody said, isn't that a real housewife? And I prairie dogged it. And I spotted <laughs> Lanithi Elite <laughs> and beelined over to her. It was great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh what, and was she still, what was the timing of 2015 and her presence on the show? Okay. So she and Cynthia were in a fight at the time. Okay. okay. And so I heard, a, I heard a lot about that and, um, it was, it was amazing. It was wonderful. Only real housewife I've ever met. And I'm fine with that because she's mm. a legend and a legend. yeah, she's, she's wonderful. 
would you want Nina to return to Atlanta? What are your thoughts on her coming back? Uh, I wonder if she's burned a bridge. Now, here's the thing about mm-hmm. Bravo too, right? You've got Andy. So you've got this like godfather persona and yet it's mm-hmm. this nameless, faceless entity. Um, so I know she attempted to burn a bridge with him. If it truly is just business, then of course they would take her back. If, you know, if the timing was right, if it, if it worked for her, I think, you know, for her life, she's going to need a minute. She's been going through some stuff. I think her, her last season on the show was a mistake. She was going through too much. And mm-hmm. that is, is sort of like the Dorinda last season where she was going through too much. It was emotional duress. And so then, you know, they're criticized for honestly just not being able to handle the show at that time. So we'll see. We'll see going forward. But I think the fans would be welcoming. Oh, my God. I absolutely think so. And after everything that she's gone through, just with the loss of Greg, who is such a wonderful, amazing person and such a stabilizing influence in her life and in so many lives for the show itself as well. I mean, my hope is that you know, that maybe there's a way for there to be some, um, a a little bit of a repair made, you know, I, Andy gave, you know, like the mazel shout out, but he had some really lovely words about Greg on watch what happens. It was really well said. And, and I hope that maybe down the line, there's a door that's opened, but, but my hope is also that it's entirely left up to Nini at the end of the day. I think it's, she has, she deserves, for everything that she's done for the show and, and really making the show what it is to end with everything she's, that's going on in her personal life to really take some time and figure out what she wants to do, you know, cause now yeah. this is a scary new chapter for her and she has to navigate it during a fucking global pandemic. You know, it's yep. just this, you know, there was a period of time at the start of COVID where so many of us thought like, okay, well, we'll be fine, even though there's not going to be new content for like maybe two years, but, but let's do like a best of New York mm-hmm. scary Island, like every Tuesday at nine and it'll be it'll just as good as the content. <laughs> and what ended up happening was we got a flood of, of new seasons, new shows to varying degrees of success. And, you know, in watching this week's episodes, really Salt Lake and Potomac, what, I was left with was like, I cannot believe that Potomac is happening at the same time, sort of quasi as New York, where we have one of like the lowest, shittiest, darkest, most frustrating episodes I think to ever happen on New York. And then the absolute brightest light which was last night's Potomac I thought it was Mm -hmm. sensational what were your thoughts and and your reactions as you watched um as you watched the episode and did anything kind of stick out to you when it comes to all of these different dynamics at play um I mean I I love Potomac it's such a jewel I've been again a huge fan since season one and I just I love these ladies like you know I think they're amazing I love Giselle's motel Mm -hmm. Um, I love, (laughs) I am a huge Mia fan because I feel like Mia, you know, I hate that everybody says like, understands the assignment too much. And I get that, but she fucking understands the assignment and she brings it and she's not afraid. And I'm really, really enjoying her. Um, I love Ashley. I'm a huge Ashley fan. Mm -hmm. I loathe Michael, but I love Mm -hmm. Ashley. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a little torn with their relationship there. Um, in that I don't. Again, it's another one that I 
I don't get what she gets out of it. She seems to give a lot, um, but whatever, she's happy. So I got to let it go. Um, and I love Karen. And so to watch them go to that podcast launch question mark mm-hmm. in the driveway and during construction, during construction, bless it. And then Jizzy is eating with her hands. And here's the thing about eating outside y'all. There's no sinks outside. I don't know when Jizzy oh last washed her hands and she just eaten out of the thing and everybody shows up and Karen just got her second shot and she's hallucinating. It was amazing. It's peak TV. Good stuff. I mean, shout out to MJ on Shaw's when they had their Friendsgiving God, that episode was great. this season where she was literally serving yes. people food with her hands on yes. the plate, which ordinarily non-COVID, I would have a panic attack. I have a big thing with germs Same. and I don't want anything touching anything. I have questions about ingredients when I like go over. I just, I have, I'm a real, I'm a real tough cookie when it comes mm-hmm. to that. But then watching her literally use her hands. Yeah. Like, that was, so that dirty. was probably my favorite episode oh, of, it was of Shaw's ever. I was laughing so hard it was amazing and then mike is so thoroughly disgusted <laughs> it's like <laughs> and my favorite part was like it's this known thing that reza's like oh yeah no mike won't even eat when we go to <laughs> he won't eat anything she makes i was crying because you know we've oh. all got like a group of friends where you know there's like one person that's like no don't eat anything they make I love it. I, I mean, and uh, watching, you know, like that was such a high moment, a high point for Shaw's through what I thought was a great season. So good. And last night with Potomac, I'm just watching it. I rewatched it um, just now before we started recording. And uh, just the reasonably shady part, like the second, mm-hmm. the latter two thirds of the app. And it just felt like everybody was firing mm-hmm. all cylinders there were so many it felt to me like a little bit of a Cartagena vibe except mm. a lot funnier yeah but do you remember the scene at the table where it's like Bethany versus Carol Lou versus oh yes uh uh I don't know Dorinda Tinsley's fighting with somebody maybe mm-hmm. also Lou like there were so many things that were happening and <laughs> all of these arguments were taking place at once and with Potomac it felt like they were leveling up from that because it wasn't necessarily separate arguments it was like all of these women were volleying volleying the same ball it was like fucking housewives Wimbledon and it was just Mm -hmm. unbelievable it was like the Olympic Games of an afternoon yeah podcast reveal something that just lit the match and it was it to me was unbelievable. It was yeah. so fucking good. It's so true. It's like a band or an orchestra. Like you got to have just the right, you know, contribution from everybody. Like Ashley's mm-hmm. facial expressions, Jizzy's construction, her messiness and her foot in a boot. And like just all of it. It was really, really good. Even Escala, I really like her. Yes. I don't understand when people have a meme that are like, all I've gotten from Escala is I'm like, she's amazing. She brings it every single time she shows up. She calls mm-hmm. out stuff. She addresses things. I'm into it. So um, I think it's a great cast right now. I mean, I have to say it should be almost illegal to have as much fun as those editors had. Oh, my God. With, I know. Talk about a little bit of vaccine humor, God forbid, mm-hmm. to do these little reactions of 
Karen being up in a possible like post vax like euphoria <laughs> modestly confused state where she's just like what is happening I was vaccinated and I have no idea what's taking us it was truly when they're doing these little tricky little yeah they're having fun with edits. it they slowed it down they, they added so much special fun. effects yes yes it's so great and I feel like different cities and I didn't understand this in the beginning before I really got into it like had an account that they have just completely different sort of productions and editors yeah. and whatever and so you get a different flavor from each city and some cities really do have more fun with it than others mm-hmm. and I, I love it. Um, Speaking of loving and I'm so happy to hear that you're so into Mia because I've been kind of like back and forth with her but this week Mm -hmm. I I got it where I was like okay I totally see it and I everybody has a role here and it feels like people are pretty evenly matched um what did you think of Candace's frustration toward Mia when it came to the conversation that Mia had with Dot okay I'm so glad so glad you asked this because I hope that you and I are going to bond on something Oh, I can't wait. Which is that you and I have both, you on a much bigger and more impressive scale, mine for just oh, no. like companies, we have been event planners. Okay. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when they had her video and everybody showed up, I'm yelling. I'm like, who's the, who's, the, who's leading this? Like, is anybody going to welcome the talent? Are there chairs for them to sit? Is there a, like a green room area? Are there snacks? Is there tea? Like what's happening here? It was absolute chaos. So when push came to shove and they had the moment, you know, last night when they said, how dare you ask, you know, who was the manager? And Mia's like, I want to know who was responsible for that low budget mess. I'm like, hell yeah, I did too. Like is if Chris is running it, like who's actually running it on site and what kind of planning was put in it? There's no signage, nothing. And I know you feel me on that. I mean, you get what you pay for and when you're paying zero dollars, um, I, I was very impressed with the fact that we heard exactly what was spent some somewhere around the number of 10K. And I was impressed with the fact that it was even being produced independently, that this is something that Candace is doing on her own. They're footing the bill. They're trying to make it work. So I feel like she does deserve kadoos for that. I did think like from a producer perspective from an event producer perspective like yeah there are things that can shift I've worked on and and project managed and produced uh through the journalism lens so in a different capacity um uh video projects before where I've been I there was a couple days where I was freezing my ass in like truly dying in Mm -hmm. Brooklyn because it was so cold doing a video shoot by um the Gowanus Canal nice like Venice um (laughs) but you know there are ways that you know you could tell this was their first time working on this and I don't know who it is that she was working with I don't know any of those people on that team because it wasn't really they weren't really introduced to us yeah it's like were they friends did she hire a professional like these are things that are good to know because yeah I mean even if you weren't though even if you weren't I think there's different kind of personality types right you don't have to be a professional to to go through the user experience of like when somebody arrives what will happen? Who will greet them? Who will tell them where to go and where to wait? How long it's going to be? Whatever. So that to me, it was just, it was a sloppy. 
I mean, I have to say I wasn't really thinking about it that much when it came to Candace. I was more like good for them versus my producer brain during all of this odd and delightful Elton John mishigas between mm. Sutton and Rinna where Sutton came on Watch What Happens and as a way of defending Garcelle for thanking Rinna <laughs> and Harry Hamlin once, but not twice for the Bolognese uh, to go that Sutton said, well, you know, as an example, I, I hosted um, Lisa and Harry at my table at the Elton John benefit whenever that took place. And I didn't get a thank you. And Lisa attempted to pop off on social over the course of several stories in in saying, oh, Elton loves us. He invited us. Um, <laughs> we had a great time. We love Elton. And there was a lot of kind of confusion that came over me at that just because of my understanding having produced several galas mm-hmm. in New York and I'm curious for your thoughts on all because I thought it was I thought that aspect was fascinating um okay first of all I want to say that Rinna with her you know little sunglasses on that she's rocking and her like <laughs> like the whole thing looking at Garcelle in the eye and being like well you know what you didn't thank me for the pasta stuff that was the most insulting, deflective crap mm-hmm. I've ever seen. I, I think Rinna is going down in flames this year, and she's almost relishing in it with, with you know, Erica. I, it's very odd. Rinna has to see what we see, which is that she's making, like, the worst moves every possible every episode. Garcelle was pointing out something real to her, which is like, I wanted you to have my back. You didn't have my back. And da 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 da, and she's like, "You didn't thank me for the pasta sauce. Are you on another planet? What are you saying right now?" She thanked you in person. You came by her house, and then you start sounding crazy. Then you start going off in your house like me. Like she came, you came by her house unexpected. You brought her the bolognese sauce. She said thank you in person. Now Emily Post, as my my followers have pointed out to me, <laughs> Emily Post says, "If you thank in person, you don't have to write a thank you note." It's if you get a gift and the person isn't present to get your verbal thanks, you write a thank you note. Oh, wow. What did did she want? She wanted a follow-up text? She wanted, like, video of Garcelle eating the bolognese? I don't know, but it's absolutely insulting to Garcelle and to the viewers for her to be like, see, we can both do better. Like, what are you talking about, Mm. Renna? Just admit it, you got got. Like, you're on camera again being a horrible friend to someone. Anyway. Uh, I don't know why I made her from Jersey, but I'm fine with that. Actually, no, I'm so you know. into it. I feel like it. The energy is the energies match. And then there's Rinna in the case of the Elton John stuff, oh, yes. doubling down and doing so in a way where she's like, "We love Elton." And was it you or who was it that posted that they searched to see <laughs> how much she had donated? Wasn't that was that you? No, that was that was my. I love her. Uh, them that run the account, uh, Bravo Bone Collector who's amazing and she and I go way back because we both love to research so we bonded forever Mm. ago like last winter over researching Girardi cases she dropped into my DM she's like hey we don't know each other but I love researching Girardi cases too and we started like sharing Google files she's amazing so um yeah she looked into she's like well let's just go and and prove this so she went back and looked at the year in review for the actual, you know, foundation. foundation. Yes. And she looked at 2015 
And that was the year that she could see that they were both in attendance via photos or something. And I'm sure Rena's gone a lot of times, but she was looking mm-hmm. for when did Sutton and Rena both go. Right. And so that year she cannot find any um, donation from, you know, Hamlin or Rena, but definitely some from Sutton. She was still married to her husband at the time, her ex-husband. And I don't know, I think maybe the time that they most recently sat at her table was 2019. I'm not sure. I didn't give it a lot of energy. I went to go try and track past 2015 and the year in review is simply not available. So there's not another year in review until 2019 or 2020 in which they, 2019, they say a thank you to Harry Hamlin, but no Mm. amount. 2020, they give the amounts of everybody who donated and their names are not there. So I don't know what to tell you. And I mean, there is a little bit of a give and take because when celebrities are present at galas, they it could be similar to going to the Met Ball where essentially a celebrity is sort of sponsored where they're invited to sit at a table. They're not paying, you know, either mm-hmm. the designer or someone else backing Correct. the designer yes, someone else putting pays. the bill for that ticket. But they're bringing enormous value and cachet. And the same can be said for high profile individuals who attend these galas where there's a there's a trade that takes place and it, it it sort of works on for both entities and you may or may not they may or may not also financially contribute but it's interesting to hear Rina's reaction where she does go very hard on like all of the good that the foundation is doing and surely it is you would think in that case she's not necessarily spending $10,000 a ticket, but that they are contributing something. And also her phrasing of the idea that she was directly invited by Elton. So cute. It's adorable. But my guess is that from an events perspective, she received a printed invitation list. Yeah. Because when you're going through the process of like, starting the core fundraising in addition to the fundraising work that you're doing with um, high profile and high net worth individuals, which is a whole other entity that you do have like a master rolling list of people who receive an invitation who are, yes, technically being invited to the event, but Mm -hmm. It's like you and 600 other people get the same beautiful printed, right, of his closest friends of people who may have attended in the past and got added to some sort of listserv or post on a step and repeat it. I I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thing to kind of take apart when there's so much else going on, but it is also a window into Rena where she's so defensive and almost she's so interested (laughs) in like exploiting the story to show how funny she is yeah that she's in on the joke and she's creating the joke totally Uh uh-huh this is so you wish it's like okay calm down you got caught like you were her guest it doesn't matter who got an invite the push comes to shove she cut a check for you to have a place to sit. She's saying you did not write her a thank you note, you didn't thank her, whatever. There was no thanks given for that. And that's what we're talking about here. So for somebody who went so hard for Bolognese, it's like, come on, 10K a seat and there was no thank you? All right. 
She is a wild individual. Do you yeah. think, you know, she is, she seems to be reacting to this, to the heavy critique coming her way. I think so, By too. essentially saying that everyone is a troll. She's Pretty like, much. you, you know, you're trying to bring me down, but I'm in a triumph. Mm-hmm. It's like a David and Goliath, and I have big Goliath energy, but I'm just a little David at the end of the day, just making my way with my dusters uh-huh. and whatever else. Um. Do you think that there, what do you think would it take for Rinna to attempt to save face in the ways that people are hoping she does in in the sense of taking some modicum of, of responsibility or accountability for what, how she's behaved on social and on the show? Mm, I don't know, because I think that, you know, the ego runs rampant with a lot of these people Mm. and they don't like to, to they don't like to show any real feelings. And those are the moments where I, I do respect some of the other housewives that are, that are more authentic in, in the way that they talk about the show and the way that they interact on social media. And I really appreciate it because nobody wants to watch a smug person who, you know, claims that nothing affects them and they're never wrong. Like that's, we don't want to, what? That sounds terrible. And that makes us even less inclined to to you know want to root for you so I think Rinna has wants to play it both ways this season right she wants to tell us like her role on the show since she's gotten on is like I'm gonna leave I'm gonna talk about it right but then this season she's not talking about it well I'm not talking about it because you told me you didn't like that last year well we've always said like there's a there's a line right between like absolutely going for somebody and what we saw happen to Denise and bringing up things the way Mia has brought up things where it's like, let's talk about this. This is an obvious thing in the room. Let's talk about it. Um, so for Rinna, her behavior reminds me so much of Erica. If you remember the first mm. domino to fall for me, and I think we've talked about this, was when Erica came for Brands by Bravo so hard. When Brands by Bravo had that meme, Erica mm-hmm. reposted it without credit. Brand said, hey, would you please give me credit? And she's like, okay, fan. Thanks, fan. Thanks for watching, fan. And I was like, mm. okay, that's a true color right there. So for anyone to react with disdain about the people who keep you relevant, that says something to me. Yeah, I wonder, it's such a good point. I wonder how much of this, you know, Lisa has always been incredibly performative mm-hmm. um, and like boisterous to the 10th degree. I wonder how much of her reactions on social, online, on Watch What Happens are a direct result of feeding off of Erica's energy. Like, I wonder. Where, where, what's the in-between there, you know? I, I feel like they're very close right now. I mean, from what we can tell from social media, from, from all the things we've seen, uh, there are rumors, of course, that, you know, um, EJ is not pleased with seeing the way Kyle has sort of been playing both sides. And others, of course, have their issues with her. But Rinna seems to be her ride or die. They refer to each other as Thelma and Louise repeatedly ad nauseum. Oh ad nauseum. And, and so they're, they're telling us over and over and over again that those two are thick as thieves. And what happens when you hang out with somebody? Like, watch your circle. You always hear that. Like, watch you hang out with because you'll start to mirror those people. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing, too. The odd thing is I just checked to see if it was back up and it looks like it is. There was a period of time allegedly today when Kyle potentially unfollowed Dorit. Hmm. 
which it looks like she's following her again, but it was like breaking news amongst <laughs> all of us with different levels of blood pressure where we're like, oh my God, I'm dying because it seemed like something was erupting with another one of the core friendships, but it looks like that was either an accident or mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been repaired in the last hour or two. Um, but, you know, when you look at the Fox Force 5 or 4, whatever number happens to be um, specific to, you know, the folks who are still on the show, do you think that there could ever be a rupture there? Because if they're as thick as thieves, you know, noting that Erica's going to lose her mind because somebody's husband had a joke about this completely insane situation, God forbid, Um but do you think that there's going to come a time where there could be a true rupture? And who do you think would start that wave? Of course. Of course it will be a rupture. I mean, these are these are five grown women who made a little pinky promise after the season, mm-hmm. I believe, had stopped airing. So mm-hmm. anything we see is moot to me. Anytime I see Dorit on screen being like, it's awful, the orphans. And I'm like, you're fine with it. You're fine with it. Because fast forward a few months and you're screaming the lyrics to her song in the back of a boat and taking pinky, you know, promise photos. Mm-hmm. So just shush, because it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, that's how I feel about it. But then, you know, we're talking about Rena, Kyle, Teddy, Erica, and Dorit. So already Erica is not pleased with Dorit and Kyle for having their very hilarious dinner that, I mean... PK endeared to, to everyone after oh that God, with the phenomenal. jokes about the, the brain and the ankle. That was amazing. And if you can't have fun with a crazy story, then come on. Like that's the thing about Erica. She has no sense of humor. She cannot laugh about herself at mm-hmm. all. Even in like the darkest situations, I feel like most people can be like, that is a crazy story. And that is, that can be kind of funny to think about, you know, anyway. Um, so it seems like Rena and EJ are the last two out of that to, to really still be super, super tight because, you know, Kyle and Teddy, they've got this little like codependent friendship. So mm-hmm. where one goes, so does the other. Um, I mean, I think a lot of that was, was based on like the show and media sort of align themselves and being like, we'll never talk crap about each other. We'll always have each other's back, blah, 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 blah. Little did they know, like stuff had already aired that would piss them off when they saw it later on. We'll see what happens at the reunion, but I hated that. I hate that click. I hate that pinky promise. I hate that that's all over social media and that they are pretty much telling us, like, it really spoils the season to me. Like, no matter what you see, this is where we align. This is what our true thoughts are. I mean, and yet nothing lasts forever. There just needs to be enough to, enough of a shift in power that they feel like they're on shaky ground Mm -hmm. right now they have and sort of own the majority in so many ways just based on the number of people in the room and the high level of energy like erica's sucking out all of the air in the room and what's left are her allies and then the people that she's like trying to Mm -hmm. force i don't know (laughs) into outer space or something i don't even know what to say about those moves but I I do kind of wonder what will it take what is the shift that's needed to kind of put this on its head I I think that there is something that could happen but it needs to be a big move 
Yeah, you know, and I had I had hope for Dorit for a minute when PK was like, you know, there's no way you can align yourself with this unless she swears. Like she didn't know. And I remember yelling at the TV, like, the question is when? She knows now. So what's the line in the sand for you all, for PK and Dorit, for when she knew? Because she was subpoenaed, like, and I'm just like yelling facts at the screen about when she was brought into cases and when, you know, these things were airing with the Rui Gomez, Rui Gomez case in 2019. So when, when would it bother you that she knew and did nothing? Mm-hmm. Not whether she knew. So I, I, you know, Dorit seems to be fine with it. I don't know that PK is, he's probably going along with, you know, whatever works and keeps everybody in the limelight. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the casting. They may keep everything the same. You know, then you've got Crystal who I really like but I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm loathing some of the choices that she's making. And I get it. Like she didn't have a good, a good time with Sutton. And so when people are kind of going against the person that you at the, at that moment, aren't having a good time with, you jump with the other group. And so I'm hoping that that levels out. Um, And then Garcelle and and Sutton are kind of, you know, on this logical Island by themselves. (laughs) Logical. (laughs) Logical, empathetic (laughs) Island by themselves. Smart survivor. Um, is there, you know, allegedly production starts on the next season, like yeah, in, in October. Weeks. Yeah. Craziness. Absolutely best news I've heard in a minute. <laughs> um, what's the likelihood that we're going to get any kind of shift uh, in perspective, noting this is so close in the smartest, most strategic way possible by production. It's yeah. so closely following the reunion that nobody's getting a chance to breathe. So the stakes, the air in the room, everything, it could not be more intense um, after, my God, a four-parter, second time that's ever happened. Uh, what's the likelihood that we will see a shift in Erica? Does she care to do that? If do you think she would care to change her or modify her behavior if she was even able to, if she thought that could bring her more financial success? Like what do, what do we think about um, Erica being Eric, like the big Erica energy of it all? Okay. I, my personal belief is that she is not capable of changing her trajectory. She is the kind of person who is willfully defiant to the bitter end Mm -hmm. just because she doesn't want anybody to feel like they won. So even if it could benefit her, and I think it would have, I can think of so many things that she could have done differently, but then that's not who she is, right? And she's showing us who she is. So by, by all means, I don't want a fake version of her at all I don't want her to try to to pull one over on us and I think we would see through it Mm -hmm. so I think she's going to continue down the exact path we've been seeing her go down which is you know woe is me uh look at me he was a mean man but also I'll fight you and do you want to get sued and or what and it none of it is completely adding up because I don't think we'll ever ever be told the whole story with them all we can do is speculate and then read the case files read the allegations read all the evidence which would be amazing if any of them had done and and hell i would have made like a sock puppet tutorial on youtube if i'd known (laughs) 
<laughs> they weren't going to read the stuff. But anyway, maybe for next season. I mean, there's so much. I wonder, I wonder, based on how the com- how the questions are um, positioned and strategized, I wonder how much conversation inspo will happen as a result of what's discussed at the reunion. Because if you want to play the game, playing ignorance a la, you know, Lisa Barlow and Jen Shaw, if yeah. you want to pretend that you can live in purgatory because you don't, if you don't know exactly what happened, you can argue that it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if Andy's like truly, if he does any kind of timeline, anything, if he really does get into the the tough question. I know. Right. I I wonder if that could stoke anything. It might. I mean, I think if you, if you lay it out, if I whiteboarded it, which I have Mm -hmm. done, and you go back in time and you show when the cards really started to fall, the house of cards started to fall. The season was still airing. Things were going on. Like this yeah. wasn't happening, you know, behind the scenes. And I think that's the thing about Beverly Hills. that's so infuriating is that all, pretty much all of these women have these public scandals that we never talk about. It's like, they're not happening and they don't exist. And if one sentence is said about them, like it's quickly shut down. And they lock their little pinkies and they talk about a bag, you know, and it's really, it it kills me because, you know, if it was Potomac or Atlanta or even New York, like we would know everything like they're, oh my gosh. Yes. We hear about like all, all kinds of stuff with Jersey that anyway, I digress. Beverly Hills to me is like the fakest city. Um, And maybe that's part of their allure. I don't know. Maybe that's, we don't want to see anything real with them. And we just want to see like fancy cars and houses and stuff. But to me, it's getting a little weak and it's it's weird to not address anything real. Uh, When it comes to addressing stuff that may or may not be real, I have a satchel of gold that I want to get your thoughts on. And for any AGs or new Andes Girls listeners, satchels of gold are uh, listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns. Love it. uh, They're, you know, named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Caloran, Ben Simone Mm -hmm. from the iconic Scary Island. Jelly Beans. (laughs) Jelly Beans. Al Sharpton. (laughs) Um, And you can send me satchels of gold by sliding into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley and for long form satchels, Andy's Girls Show at gmail.com. And I have a satchel of gold that I want to get your thoughts on about Sutton and the idea of the quote unquote consulting a lawyer. Mm. And so this is a satchel of gold from MJ in Baltimore who says, I think Sutton's whole consulting a lawyer wasn't about reputation. I think she is or was legitimately concerned that Erica was manipulating or producing scenes of the show to provide legal protection and Sutton didn't want to participate. For example, if Erica planned a coffee date with Sutton during which she told a long story Mm -hmm. about her ignorance of Tom's behavior, Sutton could could possibly be subpoenaed to testify about that conversation. Suddenly, Sutton is a pawn in Erica's legal battle because they are co-workers. I think the cast is giving Sutton hell about how much she cares about her reputation, and Sutton is feeling angry because she can't break the fourth wall and explain 
why she is truly fearful of filming with Erica. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I thought that was a really interesting point. First of all, my favorite, favorite part and the reason that I made an account was so that I could talk to people on levels yes. like this. Oh. My favorite thing. I wish favorite there was thing. a hundred Agreed. of me because like going through DMs mm. is my favorite and then just like writing back stuff and having these mm. conversations. I love it. Um, love. I think it's that. I think it's all of the above. D, all of the above. Because... <laughs> Sutton is a woman of actual extreme wealth. I think she might be the only one on the show that has that level of wealth. Um, yeah, I think so. And also Bravo Bone Collector did a little dive on, on Sutton and just sort of in, in a post broke down oh, so what good. she got out of her divorce settlement. And it's $300,000 a month right now is her um, you know spousal support. Plus on top of other things and possessions and whatnot investments and such but ownerships yes bunch of businesses absolutely great 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 post yeah it was good and you know so that's the thing about her is that she has something to lose she doesn't need the show the show is a compliment to her life it's not what she relies on for income and I love a housewife like that because I feel like you're actually seeing the real person they're not mm-hmm. desperate to stay on the show, right? They're not like contriving things and making drama and stirring the pot because they're keep trying to keep their seat, you know, for the next season or whatever. So for me, if I was her, hell yes. If I'm on that show, I have that level of wealth and I find out, excuse me, what record scratch? One of my colleagues is what the largest embezzlement scandal in the state of California. And I just took her on a spa day I'm giving mm. her gifts. I offered her cash during her divorce. I would speed dial my attorneys. I assume she has a fleet and just be like, what does this mean for me? What do I do? How, what is this going to, this is unprecedented. And that's the thing people got to remember. Like people have had random drama before. This is unprecedented levels. And I think they'll start to get it when things speed up a little bit more with Erica's case. Like right now the bankruptcy thing has been going on forever and the trustees and blah, 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 and that drama. So I think the gravity will, will hit people again um, pretty soon. What do you think is going to end up happening with Erica? Like what do you, what's your prediction? I don't know because I mean the, the United States legal system, like there's what happened and there's what can you prove in court. Right. So I'm not sure. I think there's going to be, you know, like Emily Baker says, we both love, love Emily Baker. There's going to be love. probably a lot of like civil uh, suits against her for recouping money that she spent knowingly or unknowingly ill-gotten gains. Um, things like that. A lot of people, again, I think I've mentioned this to you are saying like, she should go to jail. I don't know that she should. I have no idea. And Regardless of whatever, you know, I post about trying to hold people accountable for terrible things and like her tone deaf behavior towards real, horrible, heartbreaking, devastating pain caused by consumption and materialism of their Girardis. Um, I don't hate anyone and I don't like want to, it's not a situation where I'm like enjoying any of this. I think it's absolutely horrible and tragic. And I think multiple things can be true, right? Tom Girardi could have, was, Tom Girardi was, you know, an inspiration to a lot of people. He probably did some good. Was the good always as pure as it could have been? I don't know. 
if he won you 14 million, was it 14 million or was it 16 and he kept two? I don't know. So these are the things that I hope all come out. Yeah. I wonder how long this process, it's like a question I've asked years, um, Emily, right? It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. It's going to take forever to unpack. You're talking about 40 years of a guy getting away with stuff. Um, and that's the bar association that said 40 years. When I looked at cases and I looked at, um, last winter, I got really into this because I couldn't believe it. And I was looking back at like Dole and Lockheed Martin and all these cases where people had said, this man didn't pay us. He didn't pay us what we deserved. We did, we were still waiting on things, da, 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 da. And this was forever ago. This is like, you know, 15 years ago. Well, now it's wow. like the nineties we're talking about and they're saying it's even farther than that. So it's going to take a long time. And apparently he kept a lot of, you know, he wasn't technolo- technologically savvy. So he has a lot of mm-hmm. printed out things. So who knows? take a really long time. And your thoughts on the fact that if it takes a long time for however long that Erica's on the show, this show may well be centered around this. I mean, is that, do you think that's a definite, uh, that's just what's going to happen? Is there a way for the show to be able to juggle this and other uh, relationships, including or not including Erica, but outside the realm of everything that's going on with Erica and Tom, or is this just going to swallow up BH? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, human nature is a weird thing, right? It's like it things seem wild to you for a minute, and then all of a sudden things seem normal. So it seemed outrageous and unbelievable that this was happening last year or even the Jen Shaw situation was happening exactly. and now we watch the show and we simply accept that I'm watching someone on TV who did XYZ right and so that just becomes part of the storyline so absolutely there could be other dramas and other things happening and she might still get stale like the thing about you know Erica on the show <clears throat> that a lot of people even myself pointed out before this scandal all hit was that it kind of was like a stale storyline. Like, I didn't really know what was happening with her touring. None of it ever really made sense. Like, was she making money? Was she not? Like, and then all of a sudden the scandal hit and that kind of like breathed new life into it. And like, oh, she's got to stay on the show now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and no, it could, it could, I think it could get stale again, even with the legal stuff happening because she's not reacting in ways that people would, would think that someone would react she's more like playing defense and she's playing the victim and that's going to get old so and she could be taking pk at his advice i mean she could really take this time now to do a shift and and carve out a new role for herself carve out a new persona maybe one a little bit closer to who she may or may not be IRL. And it's just so fascinating to watch her. Um, and maybe it's early days that this is going to go on for years, but to to really um, desperately hold on to the idea of the Erica Jane Uber filtered tits for days, mm-hmm. diamonds and rosé, like Uber, Uber, she, 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 knowing what we now know about the co- the literal and figurative cost of all of this and the fact that she doesn't have those funds available anymore like how do you continue this what what purpose is this serving your fans are going to love your super fans are going to love you i think regardless you know like so why are we doing this 
I mean, the only thing I can think of is that she's doing it so that when this is over, like she writes another book. Well, my side, what I didn't tell you then, we know if he did it, whatever she names it. And, you know, she stays, she stays in people's faces, right? It's relevancy. So she could go on tour again at some point, even though I think I, I posted this to my stories. I just can't remember which thread it is, but it's about how when she was going on tour, um, it was very underwhelming for the people who were receiving her at the events. I got DMs oh, yeah, from a couple was a people. Bit of a dick. Yeah. yeah, and that she didn't perform all the songs she was supposed to, I guess, and that it was like super high fees to even have her, unlike other people that actually, um, I guess, gave lengthier sets and better performances and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what's ever really been in it for her other than like a life goal, checking some boxes and stuff like that. But um, I think she enjoys, obviously, the attention. What would your hopeful rose and thorn be going into the four-part reunion? What what are you hoping for and what are you dreading? Okay, well, it's not going to happen, but I would hope for um, really... <laughs> Maybe one and the same. My <laughs> yeah. and it's my thorn because I'm like, annoyed it probably won't come to me. Yeah, tell um, me. I would hope for really, really tough questions and honest answers. Like if if Andrew read all of the LA Times articles um, and or the Law 360 articles then he would be in a different mindset going in. If Mm. the cast members read them, if the cast members read any of the filings by the victims um, from the past and or present where Erica's name is mentioned, um, you know, the Chicago Edelson filing, you know, the California filing from the bankruptcy um, people. It's just like, if they did and they ask hard real questions that would be interesting now at the same time i realize like it's a legal situation and what can she be honest about and what can't she so either way i think it's going to be anticlimactic um thorn is going to be everybody talking about how hard this is for her and no mention of the victims and um yeah just doing their little click thing just circling the wagon and it doesn't appear that Erica is really interested in understanding or processing the damage, the harm that has been done to these victims because of Tom's actions. And God forbid the fact that it predates any kind of cognitive decline or mm-hmm. brain injury. He, yeah. he chose to harm these people. I wonder if she is ever going to be able to process that. She might just be a person who doesn't really care. Mm. Um, And I say that because, I mean, she just kind of has presented herself in a way of like, you know, being poor sucks, being rich is better, like that whole thing. And it's just shocking to me that they went so hard for like the Democratic Party and that they gave so much money to Democratic politicians. And I say to myself, like, obviously, you know, he did that for power and sway. He lives in the state of California. Like, that's what benefits him. If he lived in, you know, Texas, it might have been Republicans. Like, I don't know. So I don't know that you can put any real weight into that. But she does post political things occasionally. And they're always, you know, left leaning. And so that that is such a mindfuck to me, because I'm like, how, 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 how do these two things live in your mind at the same time that you want to you know praise AOC or anybody else who's trying to whose belief system is about like 
taxing equal opportunity the and like yeah. taxing the rich and, you know, stopping people from being uh, abused and, you know, taken advantage of. And yet, and yet you're going to show me two rooms of your belongings in your new home. And, you know, I just, yeah, it's interesting to think about. I mean, listen, I could talk to you about this all day long. Also, we just have to say, and I think I've said this to you before, your voice is so soothing. Oh, thank I you. Really, it's like, I just find <laughs> it so, I feel so calm right now, which is not necessarily what I'm known for, but I just really appreciate it. And also the ways that you... um just kind of engage with everything that's happening in the Bravo world and also its impact in the greater uh, Bravo audience, you know, and all of us as individual human people is so impressive. Um, can you tell the AGs how to follow you, how to stay in the know with sure. Bravo, Bravo, ducking Bravo? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is, is my poison of choice at the moment. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I put a lot of stories up. I do post uh, more sporadically these days. Mm. Um, I'm going to get back into it. I really got to be like either excited or angry about something to do a bunch of posts. So um, stories are, are kind of more where I'm at and those expire after 24 hours unless I save them. So, you know, take a peek when you can. And then I'm on Twitter, which I push my stuff to. I do have a, um, a TikTok, but I'm Ooh. a voyeur. More of a voyeur mm -hmm. on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I was putting out videos, but geez, the level of effort is so high. So high. So it's my dog saying hi. Um, okay. And I'll get to, I'll do those again at some point because in my head I can see what the great videos would be. But mm -hmm. yeah. To, to, have you ever made a TikTok video? I haven't. I've talked with friend of the pod, um, Julian Hagens about oh Julian, I think I just fucked up how to pronounce your last name. Julian Hagens Hagens, potato potato, let's uh call it all off. Um, fun little fusion, <laughs> very iconic <laughs> that just happened and fun a little medley. Um, but Julian has this like insane, amazing TikTok audience, and I have I promised him I was gonna do a TikTok, and that was like literally six months ago. So I'm in LA this week. I fly out in the morning, and so maybe I'll do a TikTok there. Oh I'm my god, please. Please I'm do one. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I had a conversation with a friend of the pod, Dylan Haver, who was like, I don't think this is for you. And I was like, I don't either. He knows me so well. I was like, I don't think I get it. He's like, I don't think you will. Like, I know I mean, it's true. But maybe, maybe I'll do a TikTok uh, in uh, La La Land. Did you tell the AGs what your handles are on Twitter and TikTok? Yes. So TikTok, it's the exact same handle. And then Twitter, it's Bravo Ducking. Oh, mm. right. Short and sweet. Guys, while you're online following this week's guest on all things Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and more, <laughs> sign up for the Andy Scrolls Patreon. It's the number one way to support the podcast. In addition to leaving the a show a five-star review on Apple Pods, new bonus episodes came up. Um, two new ones, a 45-minute after show with Damian Bellino, which was so, so so fun and interesting and emotional at points talking about Atlanta and Greg. Um, that's up on patreon.com slash Andy's girls. And also a new episode with uh, the co-host of family karma cast. We got to talk about um, 
representation on Bravo, Family Karma. Hopefully they get it. Did you watch Family Karma? You know what? I got like three episodes in and I have oh a backlog. I know. It's you so gotta good. Do it. know. You got to do it. It's, I'm excited for you. It's like the best kind of um, treat or reward. It will make you will feel good watching. Yeah, it's an it incredible show. So we talked about family karma and our, our, our own lens and how we are able to view and process our housewife triggers and spiritual housewives. It was a really, really great chat. So that's at patreon.com slash Andy's girls where you get uh, invites to zoom events and more. And Damien and I just announced we're doing our very first live show. I am so excited for you. That's amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. I'm like completely freaking out. It's going to be Sunday, October 17th at seven o'clock at club coming here in New York City. Um, and yes, club coming is in Ellen coming. Um, we are very excited about it and we want this to be a big success. And so, um, my very big hope is that we have AGs in the room where it happens. We're going to do a Q&A. We want to get, you know, satchels on the go. We're going to be recording it for AG. Oh. Um, would love to see you there. And tickets are 20 bucks. So it's a steal. I know. It's, it's this is what I'm saying. It's a steal, not like a Tom Girardi steal, mm-hmm. but like a legal and wonderful <laughs> steal. Um, and so the link to get tickets, you can get them through Club Coming. And the direct link to tickets are going to be in the show notes for this episode. You can also get them on my Instagram, the link on my bio uh, on Instagram at Dame Galley. And if you're able to, if you're in the New York City area or you're like wherever the fuck you are, come on down to New York. It's going to be a really, really great show. And I am so excited. We've never done this before. It's it's a pretty big deal for AG. So we want to be able to do it again. And that really means having um, a strong room of AGs mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, so please join us on the 17th and buy your tickets now. Uh, limited avail. Listen. Bravo, bravo. A delight. Thank you for coming Always back. A pleasure. On the People's People's Always Couch. a pleasure. I'm so excited for your live podcast. I think it's going to be great. Whenever Thank I see you. people do those, I'm like, oh my God, that's, it's like a party, you know, you're having together with people, you talk about things. It's the dream, right? It's like why we do it to chat with people. It's great. It's the total dream. And as you said, you know, um, during this app, like the best thing is being able to engage with people in DMs. Mm-hmm. And my total dream with this show is putting a face with a DM and having people who are able to actively, it's the very first time ever in over 250 episodes to have AGs in the moment um, be able to participate in a recording, be able to ask questions, be in the room where it happens. Damien and I are both shit shows and very much feed off of energies. And he and I have really wrangled before (laughs) with different thoughts on housewives. So I can only imagine with a room of AGs and the fact that he and I have very, um, passionate perspectives on all things housewifery that it's going to be, 
a com- it's going to be so much fun. There's nobody I would rather um, take this journey with than Damien, my OG of the AG. And um, <laughs> guys, I just can't thank you enough. If you come, it will be great. And and I'm really, really, really excited about it. It's one of those things where like it, it's you feel a little nervous when you of course, yeah, it's like you're throwing a, a party. Character. Yes, you're throwing it's a party. It's like I'm throwing a, a party, and I need some motherfuckers to show up. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm really really excited about it, and it I know it's going to be an incredible night. So guys, if you are able to join us and attend, um, noting that there is a vaccine mandate in New York City, and um, so you will need a proof of vaccination. Um, and also we highly, heavily encourage, uh, masks as well. Um, it's going to be a really incredible show. Um, and thanks to those of you who've already bought tickets and DM me. It's like the best thing I've ever received in my entire life is a DM from someone saying that they're coming to the show. Anyone, anyway, on that note, I'm going to pack for LA. Get this episode going. Jet set. set. Right? Got to go to Tom Chom. Listen, things (laughs) I got to do. Thank you so much for coming back on AG. And I would love to have you back when um, the BH reunion is in progress. Yeah, I got to like mentally prepare myself for that. I would love to. Yeah, that would be a good one. I'm going to need I'm going to need someone to talk to about it, to be honest with you. I'm just going to be probably um, yelling at my TV. So... Oh, yeah, I'm going to spiral. I'm going to spiral in the best possible way, so let's spiral together. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys, I hope you are all staying safe, staying sane, getting vaccinated if you can, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.